uh, in my lifetime, over time, uh, when it really matters, God will give me confirmation when I'm on the right track. And usually what that looks like is multiple people will send me or speak over me the same scripture the same day. And so that happened this morning. Uh, Kate and I, uh, she had no idea, I don't think, really what I was going to talk about much today other than the title. But my closing uh, scripture was the same scripture she opened with, which was Micah 6, eight. So I'm going to read it again because if that's God's confirmation to us of what the message is about, why don't we start with what he said and then we'll get into the rest of it. But it was, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. This is Micah 6.8. And what does God require of us, of you? He requires you to act justly, to love mercy. We're going to talk about that. It's all over the message in one section today. And to walk humbly with our God, to walk humbly, walk humbly. Uh, humble people are good listeners. You know, they're not always right. And that's a real challenge for me. I like to talk a lot and I like to be right. So that's God's message for me. I think a lot of us are like that. So let's, let's dig in. You know, we, we are designed to serve God. And if you had any doubt about that, there's just tons of scripture. So let me go through some of them just so you can know that, that God built you to serve him. It's really that simple. That's why you're here. Okay? And he's given you unique talents to serve him. But let's look at some of these scripture. Exodus 9.1, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go and do the Pharaoh and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Why did he want his people free? Because he wanted his people to serve him. Hebrews 9.14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works so you can serve the living God? Dead works. All the work we do that's apart from serving the Lord, God describes as dead works. Dead works. I mean, think about that. That's a big deal, right? Let's keep going. First Thessalonians, I mean, we could go on and on, 1-9. For they themselves... Shew of us what manner of entering into we had unto you. Sorry about the King James guys. You'll have to go to NIV for that part. And how you turn to God from idols. We turn from idols to serve the living and true God. Are you serving an idol? You have to ask that question this morning. Who, what are you serving? And we're going to get into how you can figure that out a little bit. Hebrews, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. There's so much irreverence for God today. You know, our traditions matter. Our reverence to God matters. Okay? But we're supposed to do it with grace. Let us have grace. Let us have grace. We're going we're gonna to get into that. Acts, I mean, this we go on and on, right? Acts 27, 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Luke 16, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and provision. Right? So that starts to speak with how we're supposed to serve. Luke 4, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Go thee behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall I serve. That thought process that when, when, when you begin to face 
uh, the interference of the evil one. All the time during the day, you're going to be faced with the evil one tempting you. You know, and, and getting that discipline to be able to say, hey, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. I serve God. I don't serve you. Super important to get that discipline down. Daniel 3.17, and if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. It didn't say you wouldn't be in the fiery furnace. You know, we don't, we don't like to be in the fiery furnace. Uh, but God promises to be with us through our trials. Man, can I speak to that? You know, I have a, I have a much greater understanding of what that means. I can speak with real authority about God being there with you through trials, literally through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay, I've been there. And you know what? There's joy and peace and love and a richness when you go through those trials that you, you, it's hard for me to convey in words. It's not easy. It's not much fun. Okay? The fun part is, is when you realize God's with you and your family's with you, those people that love the Lord who rally around you because of who you serve. There are tremendous benefits to being walking with the Lord. Who wouldn't want the creator of the universe walking with them through their trials. Why would we turn our back on that? That's always just been such an amazing thing. I want all of that I can get. And it can be fun. It can be hilarious. There's a lot of laughter in the kingdom when we kind of let go of the judgment stuff and we go back to the Micah verse, right? Justly, mercy, love others. It should be fun. There should be a lot of laughter involved. All right, so how do we do it? You know, you need to uh, grow where you're planted, Everyone's in a particular season. You know, there's all this scripture about, you know, don't look too much to the future or to behind. Just, just be where you are. Just be where you are. It's a mind and heart shift, okay? But we do have to be intentional about it. It doesn't happen by accident. So how, do we, how, do we, how are we intentional? Do, are we doing life or is life doing us? Are you just bouncing around? Without direction, as the scripture says, being blown from to and fro. Okay? Now, you can't be at your best all the time. And we'll get we'll talk about that some more in a minute. So don't beat yourself up. There's no shame in, hey, you know, Olympic athletes peak at the Olympics. They train for four years. Okay? You're gonna have peaks and valleys. That's good. That's okay. You know, you need your downtime. Okay, but are you being intentional about bringing the Holy Spirit, bringing God into your thought process right where you're at? right where you're at. And there can be all kinds of chaos going on in your life, right? So it starts with a self-examination. So I'm going to ask you right now, just think about that. Where are you? Where do you think, where, have you thought about it? Have you had enough time in all the chaos to really sit down and say, where, where am I? Where am I in terms of integrating God into my life? Am I thoughtful to recognize when Satan's tempting me? So how do I do that? What are the tools that I can build around myself? Church is one of them, right? We come on Sunday. Hopefully we get filled up. You know, the music's great. The worship's great. You know, hopefully the word's good. <laughs> All right? So that's one tool. There's a more important tool, I think. Just be really honest with yourself. Where are you? Well, one of them is you got to write it down. 
So how many, I'm just curious, how many people have a personal mission statement with your core family, core values that you've written down? How many? All right. I think it's critically important. Okay. It's a best practice in, in certainly in God's companies that he's given us to steward. Okay. Your family is an enterprise. It's a lot of money flowing through that. If you're mom or dad, you're hitting that transfer button to those college kids. You know what I mean, right? Some people are laughing. All right. You're a big enterprise. You got a budget or you should have a budget, right? So how do you not have a mission statement? I think being intentional starts with write it down. It's what you aspire to be. It does, you don't have to be there yet. I think some of us get in the way of, man, I, can't, I don't want to write that down because I'm going to feel guilty and shame that I'm not there. You're never going to be there. You never fully arrive, and you don't need to. There's not an expectation from God that you're always at your best. Okay? But what do you aspire to be? What's your, what's your best look like? Do you know? Have you, have you sat down as a family, maybe discussed it? It doesn't have to be long. The Nehemiah Company's mission is creating value to restore hope by knowing him and making him known. That's simple. So what's your personal mission? The nice part about doing that is you can, you can tweak it if you, if you find out that it doesn't align with what God has for you. Okay? But it, it puts a stake in the ground that says, this is who I am and this is where I'm going. Now, everything, every decision that comes into my life personally, I'm going to filter through that. Does this create value? Does this restore hope? Am I doing it in a way that's make, glorifying God? Am I serving my creator? Okay? You have to figure that out for yourself. I can't write your mission statement. You're uniquely built. Okay? You have to do that yourself. But you have to do it. I think it's a have to. I think God really wants you to think about who you are and what you aspire to be and that you write it down. Great things can happen. All right, let's keep going. Where do you spend your time and money and your downtime? You know? Where, what do you do with your time and your money and your treasure and your love? and your? How do you share all that? Is it lined up with serving the Lord? Okay, it's... It's really not hard. It'll take you, you know, 30 minutes, and you can set it down, and you can come back, pick it up later. And then you type it up, write a memo to yourself, pin it up on the wall at your office, and put it on the refrigerator for a while. Memorize it. If it's simple, you can memorize it. Now, some, we got some engineers in here, and I'm sure it'll be much longer, okay, a little more detailed, all right? Those guys are, man, they get it, all right? So, so the more creative types, not so much, right? We're going to have... We're going to have a word puzzle, you know, and it's going to be colored in. You know, we're all different. That's what we want. One, th one, one thing I learned with my kids, this is just an aside, is I, l I learned never to tell them to do their best. I used, to, I used to do that. I would say, do your best, you know. Whatever you do, just do your best. Well, that's a, that's a standard that you can't do all the time. And so, you know, get on the journey Right, And at times, you're going to be at your best. But the expectation, is you're not always going to be able to do that. You know, that's a pretty heavy burden, right? What's your organizing principle, really? Where do you think your organizing principle is about how you behave today? Is it comfort? Are we seeking comfort? Are we seeking security? Do we want self-respect? Do we want people to admire us? 
Okay? Or is it Jesus? Do we want people to admire him because of who we are because of him? You know, the greatest testimony for the Lord, the greatest glory you can give the Lord is through your behavior and how you love others. Man, what a great testimony. That he be glorified. The world will try and exalt you, right? You know, um, we want to we want to pass that all 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 on to the Lord. Not false humility. That's not what I'm talking about. But just you know, grateful, thankful to the Lord. What impact in the kingdom has the Lord put on your heart to make? Be thinking about that as part of your mission. And I give you some ideas. Family impact. You know, grow where you're planted. You're all in families. Okay. How do you love your family well? Not beating them over the head to become believers if they're not, but just loving them well, letting them see the love of Christ. You know, you may be long gone past this planet before they come to know the Lord. It's not your job, right? Your job's to love them and to express the love of God. And through your love for them, maybe they'll see the Lord. Kids, you know, if you're raising kids, man, that's a big ministry right there. You can serve the Lord big time, paying attention to the little ones that he's given you to shepherd. What a blessing that he gave you those children, right? What a big responsibility. What a big job. Too many of our children around our community are in families that don't know the Lord. And so as a result, the behavior, some of the behaviors like being completely abandoned exist. What impact maybe could you have to a kid who doesn't have family like you've got? You know, spouse. Some of our Spouses, you know, we, we, you'll hear, you know, if, uh, some of our spouses are on a journey and they don't really know the Lord that well. Or they're, they're drifting away. Okay, just keep praying. Okay? It may be late in the game, but what a great ministry just to pray for our spouses and to love on them well, even when they don't, you know, deserve it. I can't tell you how many times Carrie um, bit her tongue because she knew I wouldn't react well to the feedback that I needed. Okay, That's hard for me to do. You know, I'm giving you instant feedback. But Carrie would wait. She waited years sometimes to give me some feedback. Uh, as I got a little better at receiving it, I got more of it. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? She says, you didn't want to hear it, and I didn't want the explosion that was going to come from telling you. <laughs> All right? So part of being a humble Believer with an organizing principle is that willingness to pray and let the Lord handle it and to bite, bite our tongue, right? Maybe the community is your place to serve. The world. You know, we have people in Viridian that are trying to do ministry around the world. That's awesome. Encourage that. Impact on our community kids, the poor, women, men, government. You know, what's your, what's your area where you want to serve? You know, you are uniquely gifted to serve. So I would just encourage you, write it, please write it down. Please write it down. You know, be intentional about your life, okay? It, it, you can change it. But just start the process of saying, I'm putting a stake in the ground. Write it down. There's a thing called, uh, <laughs> we teach people when they're in our company or ministry, um, when you become self-aware of something you weren't aware of before, so you were unconsciously incompetent. Some of you have heard this, right? So you start this process of, man, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. 
All right, and that's, a, that's ignorance, man. That's a great place to be because you're not accountable or responsible for anything, okay? But in God's word, we become aware, right? So you're aware now that we're supposed to serve the Lord all day where we're planted for this season, okay? And he wants you to write it down. So now you're what we call consciously incompetent, okay? Once you're consciously incompetent, you want to move toward consciously competent. Take that first step, right? And then hopefully you memorize what it is you stand for, and, and you don't even have to think about it anymore. You just behave that way. Now you're unconsciously competent. Wow, what a great place to be. So we want to move from unconsciously incompetent to consciously competent in our walk with the Lord and how we serve the Lord. And you know what? That's possible. You may not be at your best every day, but all day in your life you can serve the Lord in the way, in the way you love on your family, the way you raise your children, the way you love on your community, the way you reach out to people. That's all possible. I'm going to have to go a lot faster because I'm on page one. <laughs> all right? So we're going to speed up a little bit. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, have fun, please. Uh, you, get, you get to serve and have fun. You know, there were a lot of festivals in the Jewish tradition. <clears throat> and, and what you know, be a contagious Christian judgmental, mean, legalistic Christians are no fun. They're just not. You know, leave all the judgment up to the Holy Spirit, right? Now, I'm not saying that we don't have standards, okay? But let's just start with love, and, and we'll ease into the standards after we've built some relationships and people begin to be, get consciously incompetent. They have to be consciously incompetent before you can speak. They have to be aware of what it is. And you may or may not be the person to make them aware. It doesn't always have to be your mission to raise, raise, raise the point. So I, I, uh, I had to laugh. I got into this verse, eat the fat and drink the sweet, that Dave loves. You guys know Dave loves that. And he, and he always goes to Whataburger and makes you, makes you drink. Okay, well, I, that, he, he grew up in the Pentecostal faith, all right? I didn't. So we, we, I grew up in the Catholic faith. We read that verse completely different. It's eat the fat and drink the sweet wine, not, not drink the sweet Coca-Cola. There was no Whataburger 2,000 years ago. So there were festivals we were intended. We weren't to get drunk or get crazy, or, but we were to laugh and celebrate and take, take time off from, from the grind, right, from the hard work that goes on. Eat the fat and drink the sweet wine. So if you, really, if you like a little bit of wine, you can go over to Howard's house. I'm sure he'll share a glass with you. I mean, the guy loves wine, all right? Now, too much of a good thing is not good either, right? We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, there are some examples where you really have to practice serving the Lord and not wherever you're at, all right? If you have a lousy boss in a company culture that's toxic, okay, hey, you're there. You're there right now. That's where God has you for this season. Okay? You be the ray of hope and light serving the Lord. You don't serve the boss. You don't even serve the company. You serve the Lord. Okay? You've got to try really hard to put all that at bay. And that's what serving the Lord with a mission statement means. You, know? you be the light in that darkness for, for those people. And you may, that, that boss, abusive boss, now I'm not saying you, know, you stay in that environment forever, but while you're there, you, know, you may make a difference. When, when he or she can't break you because of who you love and who you serve. 
an ornery spouse, not abusive, but an ornery spouse. Can you love an ornery spouse? Well, some of us can be pretty ornery. Mama Bear, you did a great job, sweetheart. You got me whipped into shape. Lost kids. This one's really hard. You know, can you get off their back? At some point, they get to a certain age, you got to let them go and turn them over to the Lord and just love them, embrace them, welcome them into your home, even though you know they're on their own journey and they're doing things and making decisions you don't agree with. Man, it's hard, isn't it? You just got to bite your lip. You know, now there are standards within your home that you've got to have where you say, hey, that's, you know, for, we're going to compromise. I'm going to stay out of your chili on these things, but um, don't make fun of my God. That's a line you can't cross. Don't go there. Okay? You don't have to go to church with me or whatever, but don't make fun of Jesus. Don't make fun of the person I love and serve and admire the most in the world. That's a real healthy conversation. You be you. You be on your spiritual journey. I'm going to love you. Let's laugh and love and hug. and you know. But you be on your own journey and always know. You know don't, don't, don't cause me to, in pain in my home. I'm not causing you any pain. They'll get it. They'll see your example. They'll see your selflessness. It'll come around. They'll, it'll make the biggest difference for your lost kids. Lost family members, same thing. You know, some of our, when, when you get so dogmatic with your faith and how you present it to lost family members, uh, it drives them further away from the Lord. So, you know, be really careful. Love mercy, right? Love mercy. All right, I'm going to skip some of this. Uh, growing, growing, if you have mental health issues, growing may just be getting help. Okay? If you've resisted getting help, uh, but you love the Lord, you want to serve the Lord, but you've really resisted getting some help because you, you might have some mental health issues, hey, it's okay. So serving the Lord, show someone else who has that issue that you're willing to humble yourself to go seek some help. You know? That's a great way to serve the Lord. Ephesians, this is work. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ to do good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. You're uniquely gifted to serve the Lord and do good work right where you're at. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, I may have kids that are on their own spiritual journey, okay? But boy, they know I love Jesus. And they know I'm trying. I'm trying. They see it in the way I, I deal with them, and they, they see it in the way I deal with my community. And they, and they tell me, you know, Dad, you're, you're a great example. We're just on our own journey. Keep it up. And they encourage me. So it's given me a lot of hope I want to share with you. You know, if you're struggling with, with family members that are on their own journey and they're not where you really want them to be, have hope. Love them well. Show mercy. It really works. That's probably some of the best work you'll do. Uh, I won't, just in the interest of time, I won't spend a lot of time on this, but forgiveness requires humility, you guys. And it's the number one thing that, that the reason why that's in that Micah, Micah verse. If you're holding bitterness in your heart, man, you can't serve the Lord. Not well. It's really hard. Uh, and there are some things that are unforgivable that may have happened to you. You know? So what I would, what I, I would lobby that you, 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 the forgiveness is for you, not for whoever it was that hurt you or wounded you, maybe really severely. 
But if you can, if you can work through that, get some help and forgive them, that'll really help you on your journey. It'll really help. And there's all kinds of verses. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What a gift Jesus was to reconcile our, our sin against, against God. Second Corinthians, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses on them. He's committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Second Corinthians 5, 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as God will beseech you. We pray in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Second Corinthians, for he has made us, he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin, that we might be made righteous of God in him. So forgiveness, you know, God forgave us. That's this cool gift. For all your mess-ups, you're, you're done, you're forgiven. Your peaks and valleys, your valleys are forgiven. It's done, it's over. Now you just get to walk in it. How awesome is that? Know your gifts and where you're not gifted. Who likes American Idol? Anybody? Watch them. I'm such a sap. There, see, there's a couple of hands. I, 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 I love American Idol. And I, I, I love it because they're either completely incompetent and don't know it, unconsciously incompetent, okay? Or they're like off the chart competent and don't know it. But it's a, it's, it's a level of unconsciousness that brings me to tears, okay? Sometimes I'm crying because they're so horrible. It's, it's like I feel sorry for them that they're that clueless, you know? Please, if I'm that clueless, if I'm that bad at delivering the message, please tell me I won't get up here again. I mean, I really want to know, right? All right. Some of those singers in American Idol are so bad they're famous now. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Who is the one guy that did the, yeah, pants on the ground? I mean, just it's awful. All right, uh, and maybe now they're more conscious of it. And then there was the, this last season. There was a guy who rode on the back of a garbage truck that had no teeth, and he had a new daughter, and he went and tried out for American Idol. And now there's, I mean, I don't know how many millions of views he got. I cried, I wept like a baby. I was so excited for him that he, he got to experience God's love in this way. And he's got new teeth now. I mean, it was a bonus. All right? So, you know, know your gifts. Get some feedback. All right? Be humble. Let somebody tell you, you know, you're really not, that's really maybe you need to look somewhere else. Now, they could be wrong, so get more than one opinion, right? <laughs> all right? But if your spouse and your kids and all your friends tell you you can't sing, all right? You probably can't sing. You can sing in the shower, but don't, don't whip it out on the public. All right? So know your gifts and where you're gifted. So when you serve, you're serving some, somewhere where you're gifted. Some of us, our, our service will be quiet and humble, and we may just be sorting clothes at the mission. That may be our gift. You know what? That's awesome. That's a humble heart willing to do anything. You know, my dad was willing to do anything. He had a lot of talent. You know, but he always treated everyone the same, and he was always willing to sweep the floors, no matter what. You know, if there was a job to do, no matter how low, he'd do it. And I always admired my dad for that. And he had polio. I mean, he had every reason to be a victim, and he wasn't. Um, all right, this is, this is the hard part, and we'll close. Um, all right, five more minutes. You guys okay for five more minutes? All right, so I have learned recently, I probably knew this, um, 
Embrace the pain and press on. And don't get too comfortable. Okay? Your ability to achieve the things that God has given you is to a certain extent dependent on your willingness not to get too comfortable. You know, in the United States, we're all about comfort, convenience, right? That's not necessarily healthy for you. Be careful. Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So losing weight, working out, developing a quiet time discipline, being a caregiver 24-7. Man, do I have an appreciation for caregivers. Mom or dad who's ever raising those kiddos, and you're on, you're on 24-7. There's, there's no chill time. You know what I'm saying? It's, and it's, you get used to it. It's, I'm not there yet, but, but I'm, I'm getting there. And it's good. It's really good. You realize what you got in you that God wired in there that you didn't know you had. Okay? Um, you know, I have much greater respect for Carrie and all you out there who are caregivers to children that because it's over a long period of time and it's from the minute you wake up until the time you, they crash and go to sleep. And by that time, you're done, right? You don't have much time left before the eyes are closing. Um, it's hard. It's hard. And those people, you know, you want to hire a good employee, go hire a single mom with two kids. Man, there. Pile it on. They get more done than anybody. They're amazing. And they work at the weird hours. You get emails at midnight, you know. Um, why? Because they have to. They've learned what it means to be uncomfortable, to work hard. All right, so one of the things I do now when I ride with Carrie on our tandem um, is I'm embracing this concept. And, and so as to remind me to, so I can fulfill my destiny that the Lord has for me in serving him, when we ride, I do a check on my legs. Am I hurting? If I'm, if I'm, fitness level keeps going up, right? And if I'm not hurting, I press, I press in. Because that physical pain is a reminder to me that I can do it. And that I can endure the pain. It's all up here in the head. Okay? The battle to lose weight, to eat right, to serve your God, to have your quiet time, it's a mental battle. Okay? Your physical body can do it. Okay? You, we've got to train ourselves to embrace the pain, right? We have children around our community who don't know what fresh vegetables taste like. The convenience of fast food is, and sippy cups with juice in them have taken over, so their teeth are rotten out of their head. By the time they're eight, their, their, their teeth are all silver. Okay? Diabetes in youth and dental issues are mounting. That's convenience. Fast food, because you know why? It's hard to learn to cook. It's hard to go to the store and take all that time and prepare meals and and have healthy food on the table requires effort, all right? So it's, that's what I'm talking about. Um, how many kids have summer jobs now or a paper? Remember the old paper wraps, you know, and mowing lawns? A lot of our kids have never tasted that. I started working at the Y when I was 12. I had to empty the trash at camp, at the camp in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And, you know, I think my mom just wanted to get rid of me, so she got me a job working at the Y for the summer. Because she worked, right? She needed something for me to do. But what a gift that was. Because I learned at a very young age, how, I had a boss. And I got to drive a, a bus at 14 years old to take the trash to the dump site. So, that you know, there were benefits of having to work. 
Hebrews 12.1, wherefore seeing we are compassioned about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race set before us. Okay, it's every day. It's every day. It's a long. If you're going to make a difference in someone's life, you got to walk alongside them for a lifetime. Okay, Don Trey's job is he's got about 55 to 60 kids, plus his own, and his job is to walk alongside those kids uh, and get them all the way through high school and off to college, and hopefully they'll come back and work with us, and they'll go on to amazing things. You can make a difference in one life. It might be your children. Sitting here, it may be your children plus some. You may be uniquely gifted. All right? Where are you serving? Where are you gifted to serve the Lord? Write it down, right? Write it down. Okay, real progress comes from those who are like the tortoise. Okay? They keep pressing on for the long haul. Okay? Here's an example. What's going to happen when the protests are over? You know, this is an enlightenment that we're having in our in our. But there's a lot of Johnny-come-latelys to this issue. And the protests at some point are going to, it's not going to be cool anymore. Okay, and then the real work starts. The real work is a lifetime of love and understanding and reaching out. But, you know, it's really easy to send messages out on Facebook. You know, you can sit in a chair with a cold one and fire them off and get into a fiery debate. I'm making a difference. I'm making a statement in the kingdom. Hey, well, no, you're really not. You're really, you want to make a statement with me? I want to see where you spend your time, your talent, and your treasure. Okay? And firing off book posts, store posts, you know, doesn't speak to me. But if you're out there and you're making a difference in someone's life and you're investing your money and your time into someone else, not you, but into someone else unselfishly, and you do that for a kingdom to make a difference in someone's life, to provide an opportunity to somebody who might not have had one. Wow. Man, now we're talking. Hopefully we'll get more people like that after the protests are over. More people's lives and organizing principle will be going after this issue in our country. That's my hope. Run the race that's set before you. No such thing as retirement in the Bible. I, I, now, this is personal. I don't think this is written in Scripture, but I think when you, quote, retire, your, your brain rots and your physical condition goes down quickly, all right? That doesn't mean you don't change what you do. I'm not saying that you don't slow down, that you don't rest a little more. I'm not saying that you don't, but, you know, playing golf every day, um, unless, I would say, if you've got golfing partners that you're ministering to and that's how you reach them for the gospel is those four hours on the golf course, go for it. You know, but if you go out on the golf course to drink, just to get hammered and play a little golf so you can escape from reality, that's not healthy. That's not what God called us to do. Moses didn't retire, right? So, you know, keep it up. You have that mindset of until the Lord calls me home, I'm serving him in everything I do, okay? So the word retirement for me just means quitting life and seeking comfort, all right? Last thing and we'll close. What is your all-consuming focus? If you know your core values, what you aspire to influence in your short life, then congratulations. If you haven't given it much thought, then maybe today you become consciously incompetent and you begin to run the race set before you. 
Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. If you want to surrender and you just don't know how or you're afraid that it'll be boring or really awful, come see me. It's not. It's awesome. The Lord has shown me things I never in my lifetime thought I would get to see. I, if, I, if he took me home tomorrow, I've, I've done more, and I've gotten to see him work in my life in a way that I'm ready. Lord, let's go. I'm on bonus time here on out, me and Carrie. We're on bonus time. It is the best, really. I promise you can do it. It's the best. Make it fun. So come see me if you're ready to surrender, and I'll do my best to get you on your way. Okay? If you need help, call me. If you need to sit down and just have someone walk you through how to write a mission, personal mission statement, we'll sit on the porch with a mask on and we'll pound through it. All right? Let me know if you need help. All right, let's pray. It's hot. Father God, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful for all the people that you put into this world that have amazing talent, uniquely talented to serve you. Help us, Father, to walk along one person's side. Father, give us strength to walk along one person's side where we can help them find out what their service looks like, where they're planted today. Father, I pray that everyone winds up eventually in the space that you would have them in. I would, I would pray, Father, that you give them an opportunity to work in a great company sometime or to be in, in, a, in, a, in a season in life with their family where there's great love and joy and peace and food and fellowship that maybe they've never experienced before. Father, I just pray you give everyone in this congregation a taste of the blessing of what it means to serve a great God, a loving God, a just God. As we walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you by our side, Father, we're grateful and we're joyful and we're not anxious. And we patiently await, Father, when you call us home and you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, in your son's precious name, who you sent to reconcile us to you, Jesus, we are thankful.